Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to the Super Wild Card Weekend Review episode. Uh, we will be previewing the divisional round. Uh, my name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. What's going on? Nothing, man. Just uh, excited after a good week of football. Um, I mean, a lot of these matchups couldn't have been any more entertaining than they were. Um, obviously, you know, last night's game kind of got out of hand. But for a majority of the weekend, I mean, we had some really good football on, and it was fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, this to me felt like I, I went on that little uh, rant about how shit I thought the season was. And then we had this sort of weekend where every single game for the most part came down to a possession. Uh, I think outside of, you know, last night and then Seahawks Niners, but the first half was really close in Seahawks Niners. All these games were, were pretty close and there was a lot of uh, mishaps, you know, just, just really poor coaching, poor decisions, poor play calling and poor play as well. Um, so I'm I'm excited to to sort of break this down. So we'll jump right in. Um, Seahawks 23, Niners 41. Despite leading at halftime, the Niners rally. Debo Samuel goes absolutely nuts in the second half, and Brock and the boys uh, advance into the divisional round where they will face the Cowboys. 23 to 41 final. Geno 253, two TDs and a pick. Uh, Walker had a touchdown, 63 yards. DK actually went nuts. He had 136, 10 catches and two TDs. Uh, defense did not play great for the uh, Seahawks here in this one. The, the Niners just proved to be way too much in the second uh, half. Brock, 332, three TDs. McCaffrey had 119 on the ground. Uh, Brock Purdy also had a rushing TD. Debo, 133 and a touchdown. One of those was like a 78-yard uh, touchdown at the end. He just had nothing but green grass ahead of him. Ayuk, 73 on three. Um, and then we had Eli Mitchell catch one, run it in, and same thing with McCaffrey. He had the first touchdown. So um, I'll, I'll start with you because I know you had a pretty good, uh, pretty good bet here uh, with the Niners and, and McCaffrey. It was an absolute lock. I had it as well. Unfortunately, I just parlayed it with the Chargers. Yeah, um, that was a great way to start the weekend. I also did, as you know, take McCaffrey first touchdown. That almost feels like a gimme with the Niners at this point. McCaffrey getting in first. I mean, they always just feed him the rock and he gets on in. But, yeah, I mean, that was a great game. Um, at halftime, I kind of knew that the Seahawks were screwed because the Seahawks played about the best as they could the first half, and the Niners played about as mediocre as possible by their standards, and the Seahawks only up one. Um, so I had a feeling that it was going to get out of hand in the second half. Um, not quite to the extent it did with them scoring four trade touchdowns or whatever it was, but I didn't, I did think that they were going to kind of widen the gap. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a good game. Brock Purdy showed up um, big in the second half after looking, you know, not his best the first couple drives, but I mean, the Niners still did score. Um, it was either eight of their nine or nine of their 10 drives on the game. So uh, that's something scary uh, for any team, you know, looking, looking to face them here moving forward. Yeah, it is crazy, man, because Br- Purdy really didn't look good the first I don't know, a couple of drives, but even all game. I mean, I was talking to my brother and he said like, he, he just didn't think that Purdy looked all that great in general. He was making a lot of like really strange spins out of the pocket, throwing wobbly balls, but I don't like, I don't know if it matters. I'm not sh- I know that the Seahawks don't have like the greatest secondary ever, but 
he still carved them up and he still got the ball to where it needed to be. They figured it out on the ground. McCaffrey just was amazing. This is the first time we've seen him in the playoffs in what feels like 25 years. Um, but I, like, I don't, I'm not sure that it matters. I don't know if like, do you have any added insight on whether or not you think Purdy's going to show up the same way in terms of statistics uh, against the Cowboys? Because I am starting to sort of wonder. I personally have no worries. Yeah, um, I'm with reason, you. I mean, Tom Brady, obviously they're playing from behind, threw for yeah. 350, and he was getting hounded by Micah Parsons the whole game. Yeah. And when Micah Parsons didn't get in on Tom Brady, their defense looked a lot more um, beatable and bendable than when you know Parsons was getting that pressure. And I don't think he's going to have nearly the same success um, against the Niners as he did you know, against this beaten and bruised 8-9 and nine Bucks team. I just don't think that he's going to have the same success, which is going to be an issue for their defense. I totally agree. And I just think the safeties, like when they're, if they're in deep coverage, like those guys are going to get banged up. Debo is a big guy. Same thing with Kittle. Like it's going to be really, uh, that's going to be a physical game. I think it has the potential to be high scoring. I mean, we'll preview it when we get into it, but I think that's going to be uh that's going to be a really, really good uh, divisional round matchup. It, it should be really fun. So we'll move on uh, to Chargers-Jaguars. This is uh, one of the most insane things I think I've ever seen. Um, you know, we're previewing this on the, the heels of the news that the Chargers have parted ways with offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi. Uh, very good news for, for all Chargers fans. And I would say just good news for this for all of us because watching the Chargers with Lombardi calling the plays... Um, just not ideal. I mean, you before we get into the actual game itself, I want to say I think you have a quarterback in Justin Herbert that is can make the same throws that Josh at least Josh Allen can make. We saw in this game at the beginning, he was making throws that there was little sidearm like dumps that Mahomes makes. Like this is a this is a generational talent. I'm telling you, if he had what he needed, he would be just as good as Allen. Not probably not as good as Mahomes, but I truly think he is that sort of player and he just got let down. Like they're not even calling plays where he can air it out. His arm is strong. He has too much zip on the ball to throw these little dump offs and it's just like it's bullshit, man. Um so the Chargers go up 27-0. Jags score before halftime. Chargers only score three points in the second half. Jags 13 in the third, 11 in the fourth. They win on a game-winning uh, field goal. This is disgusting. This was the most disgusting thing I've ever watched. I was sick to my stomach. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, this is... That was an all-time letdown yeah. from the Chargers not even from obviously from a defensive standpoint um, and obviously in the second half an offensive standpoint, but more so a coaching standpoint. If you go into the half up 27 to seven or 27, three, or, you know, anything, if you're up 20 plus points going into halftime, there is no reason that you should give the other team enough time to come back. They should, they they just shouldn't be possible. You should be able to stall the game long enough and put together, you know, two two scoring drives maybe, or even, you know, just a couple long drives, and they should have never had a chance to even come back into this game. So, I mean, it was just disgusting from a, a personnel standpoint, in my opinion. Yeah, I just, I don't know. We should say, like, 
like very well done by Doug Peterson and and Trevor Lawrence to to figure it out to get the tempo back after that truly awful uh first half that they had. He throws four touch three touchdowns I guess in the second half. Four picks in like the first five drives before that. Asante Samuel was unbelievable. Lawrence the picks like melted together. It was just constant. I knew on a, on the he was going for I don't even know if it was Ingram, maybe on a crossing route on the fourth. By the time the fourth interception got caught, I was like, that ball's going to get tipped and it's going to get picked. It was getting to the point where it was so predictable, but at the same time, on the other side, this is the most predictable Chargers loss you could have ever imagined. I, I can't count how many times I saw on Twitter, in our group chat, it would be the most Chargers thing ever for them to lose this game. And our diehard Chargers friend, uh, Zach, God rest his soul. I mean, I know he's alive, but I don't know if he'll he'll survive for much longer. He he wasn't even texting because he knew as soon as they you know the Jags muffed the punt, the Chargers couldn't score on a short field. He knew what was coming, and I mean, this is just what a disaster, truly. Um. I'll run through stats quick. Lawrence, 288, four TDs, four interceptions. Etienne, 109 yards rushing on 20 carries. Evan Ingram had a TD. He had 93 yards uh, receiving on seven catches. 78 on eight for Kirk and a TD. Zay Jones, a TD, 74 yards. And then Marvin Jones, uh, 29 yards and a TD. For the Chargers, Herbert, 273 and a touchdown. Eckler, 35 yards rushing and two TDs. Gerald Everett had a great game, 109 and a TD. Keenan had 61. Uh, noticed there was no Mike Williams there because uh, he didn't play because his spine is fractured because his coach decided to play him in week 18. Do you have anything to add before we move on to the next game? No, I think this game just summed up the incompetencies um, that the Chargers faced the last three years, it feels like now. Uh, So hopefully there's some needed changes coming in the off season. Maybe they add a piece or two, mm-hmm. um, but I do think that they have the foundation to uh, continue to be a very good football team. I agree. I felt like I talked too much during that last one. So I'll, I'll, I'll happily hand off dolphins bills. If you're prepared. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know this. This was a lot closer than I would have liked to see mm-hmm. as somebody with, or at least it felt a lot closer. And obviously the score kind of reflects that as well. Um, but as, someone that has the bills future and as someone that's been high on the bills, it feels like forever now. Um, I mean, as most people are, uh, I mean, this just was not necessarily what you wanted to see. Um, I mean, giving up 31 points to Skylar Thompson, it's not necessarily a good sign when you have Joe Burrow coming to town. Um, but to be fair, I did see this stat. I don't know if it was in our group chat or where I saw it, but there was, uh, they only, the dolphins only had one drive over 40 yards. Um, this weekend, the issue was the turnovers, obviously, um, for the Bills and just bad play on that side of the ball. So I do think if they can, you know, moving forward, make the Bengals play a little more football than the Dolphins had to, they'll be all right. But we'll get into that preview. But I mean, for Josh Allen, 350 yards, that was nice to see. The turnovers, obviously not nice. Um, they did run the ball okay, which is not something that we normally see from them. And Stefan finally came back. So, I mean, that was all good to see on my behalf. I don't know if you want to get into the Dolphins at all, really, but um, I don't have too much to say on their end. 
Yeah, I mean, the Dolphins, they're, they're without Mostert in this one. He's sort of been the feature back there, uh, I'd say probably for a majority of the season. I think that, that was a big hit for them. Uh, Waddle and Hill just did not get going, really, for the most part, until very late. But somehow or another, they they willed their way into this game. They stayed in the game. They scored TDs. They <clears throat> capitalized on really careless Bills turnovers, and they got to Allen a little bit. Um, we know he's a quarterback that throws picks. It's just part of him. Uh, even Mahomes, he started to throw a lot of picks this year. It's it's going to happen. When you air the ball out as much as Josh Allen does and you throw it into coverage like that, it's going to happen. You're going to get picked. But I think the issue that I'm starting to see with Allen is his ball security while running. Um, bad fumble in this one. It is going to be an issue um, moving forward. I don't even necessarily think this year is going to be an issue, but he's just so reckless. I've never seen a quarterback play with as much reckless abandon as Josh Allen, and I don't think he's a dumb guy. I don't think he's he's making these plays because he's dumb. I think he's making them because he's looking for glory, and it could absolutely ruined not only his his team's chance at winning something big someday uh but his career like no doubt he could get his head knocked the fuck off at any moment if he continues to uh to do the kind of shit that he does he only rushed for 20 yards in this game but man like they they gotta dial it down a little bit because you have to preserve this sort of quarterback for as long as you possibly can and I just think the Dolphins overperformed, like no question about it. They scored off of turnovers, uh, and and they really they punched the ball in when they had to. The Bills got to be better than this in terms of defense. Like it has to be better than this when they they go up against some of these other guys in the AFC. It looks like oh no, they're gonna play the Bengals uh, next week. You can't play this sort of game against the Bengals. So uh, I think most of us are a little bit sketched out by by what happened uh in in buffalo here but i guess it's surviving advance right you can't really look at it any other way agreed yeah i mean as nervous as we are i mean they got the job done right and a little better ball protection like you said and i don't think um it would be a major issue but obviously i don't think that's something that's just going to uh change overnight yeah i totally agree i think that's something that you have to instill in your team as a whole and your quarterback's definitely got to buy into that ball security uh and we might see it (laughs) or we we totally might not i don't know the bills could very well win the super bowl they could very well lose by 25 uh to the bengals this week Uh, that's how i feel uh okay let's move on to i thought the game of the week um an agenda game i would say for for both of us uh, truly just a very, very impressive performance by a QB who at the beginning of the year I was very low on. Uh, and then a a performance by another QB who I've hated for some time and uh, an organization that I just did not respect this year. So Vikings 24, Giants 31. The Giants score just at will against the Vikings defense who could not figure it out, haven't been able to figure it out all year. Um, Daniel Jones, 301 and two TDs. He rushed for 80 yards. Saquon, 53 and two TDs. Isaiah Hodgins went over 100, 105 and a score for him. Daniel Bellinger had a score. 
Uh, Vikings just really struggled to to mark the tight ends in this one. Same thing for the Vic or for the Giants though. Uh, Cousins two seventy three two TDs. Dalvin Cook sixty yards rushing. Kirk rushed one in QB sneak. Um, but the Giants could not cover Hawk. They covered him when it mattered down at the end on the checkdown. But we'll get to that. Uh, Hawkinson ten catches one hundred twenty nine yards. Thielen had fifty. Jefferson had forty seven. KJ Osborne got into the end zone. Irv Smith got into the end zone as well. Uh, first impressions. What do you think after the first half? I was really impressed with the Giants' yeah. offense, which I think was kind of my takeaway from the entirety of the game. But, I mean, even out of the gate, I was kind of skeptical. Um, I feel rightfully so with the way Danny Dimes is going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he's been known in the past to, you know, make some costly mistakes, not necessarily be as safe as he should. Um, but I was very impressed with not only, you know, the Giants as a whole, but um, I was really impressed with his gameplay, not only in the first half, but throughout the entirety of the game. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it does come down. I mean, I've heard this on every single show that that I listen to um, already. It comes down to coaching. Daniel Jones has had a really bad offensive line for pretty much every year, including this year. I don't think his offensive line is amazing. It's definitely not the best. Uh, OL that we've ever seen, but he said really bad coaches um, and, and bad play calls. And now with, with dabble, who I, I think at this point, I mean, I know it's a regular season award, but coach of the year, like no question about it. Maybe Peterson and, in, in uh, Duvall, you could think about, but dabble is, is just a really, really heady guy. He's a great coach. Um, the giants have clearly bought in Jones has just been, awesome honestly towards the end of the season he's been really good he's good on his feet he can throw the ball he's throwing to fucking nobodies and he's still able to get the job done here I know the Vikings offense or the defense is is really bad but for the Giants to stay in you know exhibit the will to win there at the end and and keep it tight uh is just it's impressive, man. This is this is a very impressive season for the Giants. I think a divisional round exit um, is fine, and you know, who knows? <laughs> they, I'm not I'm not counting out the fact that they could beat the Eagles. I am absolutely not counting it out. Um, I'm a very realistic Eagles fan. I think it's it's totally possible, even at the link. Um, well, let's talk about about Cousins a little bit, uh, and about Jefferson too, but but mostly Cousins. Well, I, yeah. what are you making of the ch- the checkdown on fourth and eight? I mean, what's happening there? That's one of the worst plays I've ever seen. I'm not even sure why he would be part of the read. On That's that what I play. mean. Um, I did see people online, you know, arguing, oh, well, he was getting chased. It was his only option. But with the game on the line, if your only option is a two down a two yard check down or you just throw it as far as you can down the field and hope someone catches it. You don't opt for the two yard check down because Hawkinson would have had to a break that tackle, then stay in bounds, then probably break another two tackles to get the first down. Um, so I just don't think that that was good look at all. I mean, that's a terrible, terrible way to go out on your season. I mean, a two yard check down on fourth and eight or fourth and six, whatever it was like, that's really bad. It's so bad. There had to be somebody down the field. Like, I know Jefferson was down there somewhere. He's already shown this year that he can come down with the miracle throw. He already did it against a secondary that's better than the Giants' secondary. It, it, it is 
one of the most insane catches I've ever made. I know he was under pressure, but throw it down field. It's not a, it's not complicated. And I know we're not out there, right? Jeremy and I aren't out there in pads, but this is just truly mind-bending stuff. I was so confused at the end. I know Hawk was the guy that that had sort of been a security blanket um really the past couple of weeks, but especially in this game. But he shouldn't like you said, shouldn't have even been involved in the play, been part of the read. He was coming off a chip block like I don't know, man. It's just insane. I think it's a a true um depiction of Kirk Cousins in in you know the the purest light. He is just not ever going to win anything. He's overpaid, he's overrated, he's lucky, he can't play in big spots. It's bad. This is not who you want as your franchise quarterback. It's not who you want, you know, throwing the ball to Justin Jefferson who has the potential already to be the greatest wide receiver we've ever seen. It's disgusting. The Vikings, you guys are finished as long as Kirk Cousins is under center for your team. I just cannot believe it, but we'll move on to the next one. Um, Ravens-Bengals, I'll hand this one off to you. This was surprisingly a good game. Yeah, um, for as nervous as I was, you know, about the way the Bills played, I mean, it's hard to make the argument that you're not equally as nervous, you know, as for the Bengals here. I mean, the Bengals... Obviously, they won, um, but they almost lost to Tyler Huntley and Demarcus Robinson. Um, so that's not good. I mean, they didn't move the ball as well as you would expect from you know Joe Burrow in playoffs, especially after watching last year where they had the miracle run. So I mean, expectations may have been a little high, but even if you even so, they still far under delivered. They couldn't run the ball very well, which isn't really their thing anyways, but they couldn't run the ball well. They weren't moving the ball through the air. I mean, only 200 yards passing for Joe Burrow. It was kind of, it reminded me of a regular season AFC North battle, um, which I mean can be expected in the playoffs too, I guess, but is not not what the Bengals wanted to get themselves into. I'm sure it was um, awfully close for their comfort level um, in this game. But I mean, props to the Ravens. I mean, all season they've kind of been counted out, but winning games. Um, I mean, they have no Lamar. They have a they have a revolving door at running back with everyone getting injured all the time. Um, so, I mean, good for them. They definitely overperformed in this game. Um, the whole J.K. Dobbins thing after the game probably isn't going to fare well heading into the offseason here, um, if you want to touch more on that. But overall, I think it was a good AFC North battle, but definitely not the game the Bengals wanted to play. Yeah. Um, what I want to say is, Outside of the fumble on the goal line, the 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 Ravens played pretty much as well as they could have played. Um, getting you know Dobbins not getting a ton of carries is a little bit troubling because I think he actually looked really good in this game. Obviously, he got the he got the first touchdown for them. Um, but they had they needed to get him more involved. Even you know that when when Huntley jumped over the pile and lost the ball, like. I probably would have rather given it to Dobbins, but they didn't want to do that. That's not, I guess that's not how they see him as a back. Um, It's really unfortunate that's how they lost this game. Bengals eked this one out. Absolutely eked it out. Chase had a touchdown, but I don't think looked unstoppable today. Some days he does. This was not one of those days. 
Um, Hurst and Higgins, they, they limited their involvement pretty well, I think. Both of them only had four catches. And Burrow looked pretty uh, pretty human in this one. They, they didn't run the ball that much. The, the Bengals didn't have, you know, in terms of time of possession, like I think they could have had the ball more. Ravens defense played okay. And they, they just lost on that, that really boneheaded decision and the pick as well. But this is a really tough loss for, for the Ravens because they had a chance, a genuine chance to knock the Bengals off. It's at home. It was, you know, at Paycor or Paul Brown, whatever you want to call it, um, for the Bengals. And, and they didn't really show up all that much. So I th- I was disappointed. I wanted to see the Ravens win. I'm not a Bengals guy. I, I don't really like them. I don't really buy in. I think Burrow is a little bit overhyped. I don't think Taylor is a great coach, although he has been better this year. Um, but yeah, this was a little disappointing. I, w- I was excited, man. The Ravens really made it a game. Uh, we'll jump into stats quick before we move on to the next one. Burrow, 209 in the TD. Mixon, 39 yards rushing. Burrow rushed one in as well. Jamar Chase, 84 yards on nine catches in the TD. Uh, I already said Hurst and Higgins both had four catches. Hurst for 45, Higgins for 37. Uh, and the defense didn't play all that well um, for the <clears throat> Bengals either. Huntley, the fumble, uh, 226, two TDs and a pick. Dobbins, 62 yards, rushing on 13 carries. Andrews had 73 yards, five catches. Demarcus Robinson, great TD at the end, 49 yards and a score. Uh, and J.K. Dobbins, 43 yards receiving and a score. So anything you want to add? No, uh, nothing more to add outside of what we already discussed. It was a good game. Um, and it just you know didn't go the way the Ravens would have liked, although I think, you know, like you said, it was definitely their game to lose, and they lost it. Yeah. All right. Before we move into Cowboys Bucks, we got to talk about Lamar Jackson. Uh, I he almost slipped under the radar. Where is Lamar Jackson a starting QB next year? Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Um, someone's got to want him. Oh, I'm um, sure maybe. somebody does. I mean, I I think any team would want to take him. Even yeah. Even if Riggs want him, someone's got to want him. I don't know. I don't. I don't see him being a Raven personally. No. No, I think I think that that period of time is over. I mean, if you had to pick three teams, this is a little thought exercise. You'd think, you know, think of three teams that could use him best, or that would at least want him. Uh, who's at the top of your list? The Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I would love it. Oh yeah. man, would I be happy? I think oh. I think that's a good shout. Um, I mean, we. Were- they were in the running for Deshaun. They said they thought they had the pieces. They just need a, you know, a franchise quarterback. Um, I mean, I think our we showed that we can have a running offense this yep. year. So I think if you add Lamar into that mix, that could be very dangerous. Oh, I'm getting excited. I would love to see that. I mean, I think like if you look at so if you look at the Ravens the year they were really good, like in recent years at least, not the Super Bowl, but um, when they had. Dobbins, Lamar, and Gus Edwards all fired up at the same time. They had Ingram too, but if you look and if, if you were to slot him into Carolina right now, it would be Lamar, Hubbard, and Deontay Foreman. Like it it that is almost an exact recreate I I think honestly, Hubbard and and Foreman are better than than Dobbins and, and Edwards now because of their injuries, but like that that could work. It could work. And if you're gonna continue to use him as a dual threat, um and, and let him run the ball, I don't know like his PCL injury, we don't know what that's gonna be like. We haven't seen him play. 
Um, but I think that could be a good spot. I think the Jets, that's sort of like where, I, where I'm leaning. I think that's um, somewhere that he could do well. Uh, their defense is obviously very good. They do have weapons on offense. They have some receivers that I think are better than the receivers they have in Baltimore. So if, if that's something Lamar would be interested in, I could definitely see him going there. We still don't know what the deal is with Salah, if they're going to keep him as the coach or, or what. I think they'd be they'd be better served keeping him, but who knows? The Jets are, are that sort of franchise that just sort of makes bad decisions uh, constantly. But I think Jets, Panthers, those are the two teams. Um, obviously, the two teams we think he'd be he'd do well on. But it is going to be one of those like really mid ass teams. I think uh, Falcons look like they're going to stick with Ritter. Um, I'm trying to think of like some other shitty teams. I can't see him going to the Rams. Um, I saw a rumor, not a rumor, but like a proposed you know uh, package that the Rams could send. But I don't know, man. I just think he'll probably stay on the East Coast, and I think those two would be good landing spots for him for sure. Uh, okay, let's move on. Cowboys 31, Buccaneers 14, Tom Brady going out. So sad. Um, this is unfortunate. This is a, a Ronaldo-esque end to his career um, outside of, I guess, like disgracing yourself, but... Brady, 351, two TDs and a pick. Rashad White, 41 yards rushing. Godwin, 85 yards on 10 catches. He had a good game. Leo Jones turned back the clock, 74 and a score. Mike Evans, 74. Uh, and then Cameron Braid scored there at the end. For the Cowboys, this was pretty much as good as Dak can play, I think. 305 and four TDs. Pollard had 77 on the ground on 15 carries. Dalton Schultz had an awesome game. Uh, it seems like we all hit on Dalton Schultz first touchdown without even talking to each other, so that was cool. Um, Schultz had 95 and two scores. CD had 68 and a score. He was left just butt naked open uh, <clears throat> in the secondary towards the end there. He scored, won me some money. Gallup, 46 and a score, and then Jake Ferguson had a 34-yard catch as well. Defense played pretty well for the Cowboys, but I just don't think uh, Brady really challenged them at any point in this game. So I'll hand it over to you. What what do you think about this game as a whole? Because this was it's it's tough to watch Brady like this. Yeah, I was really impressed with Dak Prescott. Me too. Um, it's easily the best game I've seen him ever play. Um, probably the best game of his career. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't tune into Cowboys games. You know, every week and watch all four quarters. But I'd have a tough time thinking of a performance off the top of my head that he could have had that was possibly better than what he did last night. And that's good for them. Um, I mean, that's what they're going to need if they want to compete. Um, obviously, they have a little tougher of a matchup coming up this week, which we'll get into. But I still I still was, you know, mightily impressed with the way Dak Prescott performed, especially after um, the way everyone's been talking about him the last couple weeks, rightfully so. I mean, he's been turning the ball over, not looking great. But, I mean, between him and, you know, Kellen Moore's play calling, they really dialed up an offensive masterclass, and it was it was nice to see. Um, for the Bucks. I mean, as much as we all wanted to hope the Bucks had a chance, let's be real, they were 8-9. and nine. Um, They were never really going to win the game, um, even if we wanted them to, even if they did have Tom Brady. It just, it just wasn't really an option, um, which kind of sucks. But for Brady, do you think he's actually done? Because I don't think you have this fall from grace where you could have retired as, you know, Super Bowl champ, you know, he they did all that nonsense. He's thrown the trophy around in the water. 
to come back, suffer, get a divorce, and then retire, that just seems like that's not quite how it's going to go. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think he is done. Um, I think, you know, we've heard about the Raiders thing. That That's probably where he will wind up. I, I don't. I really don't know if that's even a great move for the Raiders, but um, he would have a similar package of, of weapons there with Renfro and Adams and, and Waller as well. So he'd go back to having a, a, a large... Uh, and very talented tight end, which you know we know what that's like for when when Brady has that guy, it, it's good. Um, so I think we could see him uh, in <clears throat> in a Raiders uniform. I also think we could see Rogers in a Raiders uniform. So I don't know. It seems like Las Vegas is the hot, the hot place to be right now. There was of course uh, also that uh, rumor about the Dolphins. He was they were going to bring him in. He was going to be like part GM, part owner, and also the starting QB. Um, but I saw today that they, the, the Dolphins GM said Tua is, you know, that's who they want. That's who they want, uh, as starting QB next year. So I don't know what you can believe. I, I really don't think he's done either. Um, I just don't think Tom Brady can go out on this note. It, it's not like him. Uh, and like you said, like of just a very sad year for the guy tough. They won the division, but a tough season didn't look good. Uh, for a majority of it, divorce, uh, all of the Antonio Brown stuff on top of it, AB a- going crazy this year. It seems like that was sort of last year. Like, doesn't it kind of feel like the AB game is where everything took a turn? Now that you mention it, yeah. I know. Um, I thought about that this morning. That's weird. Yeah, it does feel like that. Just the whole debacle just kind of spiraled everything out of control down there in Tampa. They had this, you know, beautiful little thing going. Tom was getting whoever he wanted on their team. They were doing, you know, it was basically Tom's show, and it was yeah. working to perfection. And then um, he had his whole meltdown, and they've had what felt like 40 injuries to the line in the offseason. It just kind of felt like that was the tipping point, and everything's been downhill since then. Yeah, and it is it's unfortunate. Because we talked about last week, like the NFL doesn't feel the same when when Brady looks like this. And of course, he is going to retire eventually. We know that's going to happen, and it's going to be weird. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. I I don't think he's done either. Um, yeah, props to to Dak as well. He did look really really good in this game. No turnovers. That's rare for him. But if they can take care of the football. Um, and and get Pollard going because it isn't going to be Zeke. It's just not going to be Zeke down the stretch. He doesn't have the explosion that he used to have, and and Pollard absolutely does. He has great pass catching ability. He has fantastic uh, running ability as well. I do think that the Cowboys could be an extremely dangerous team, and I just don't, you know, I can't see it being a complete blowout against the Niners like some people. Uh, are predicting it and it's the other great thing is it's a return to to old cowboys niners you know uh playoff matchups it's it should be uh really fun to watch i'm it's something i'm really really excited for so we'll move on um to our picks for the week we only have four games because we're down you know to the divisional round um i'm sure the show next week is going to be really uh short just because there's there's not all that much to talk about but um yeah we have Jags Chiefs up first um those two teams 
kick off against each other uh, Saturday, January 21st. I love that we have Saturday and Sunday games, honestly. It, it truly does uh, make my heart soar. I'll let you go first. Who, what do you have in this game? Because I, I still haven't, you know, I still haven't really made my picks for this week. Yeah, I'm going to, for our, for the sake of this, I'm going with the Chiefs minus eight and a half. Um, I mean, the Jags obviously looked terrible in the first half last week, but even so, if they do play well, I don't think you outshoot out Patrick Mahomes. Um, and I don't think their defense is going to limit the Chiefs enough to make it a game where they can win by not scoring points. So I, I don't know. I feel like the Chiefs might have their way with the Jags um, as much as people might not want to see that. Um, but that eight and a half line is definitely something good. If you know, for those that like teasers, definitely something I would consider for teasers as well this week. I just kind of see the Chiefs scoring at will, and I'm not sure if the Jaguars can match that, which is why I think you know them winning by two scores isn't a bad shout. And even if you are nervous about that, you can get minus six and a half at minus one seventy, which obviously isn't great. But if you do think it's a one score game, then that's probably where I would put my money. But I do, I, I, I'm pretty confident in minus eight and a half. Yeah, I think I think that's a great spot. Uh, I agree. I haven't, you know, I haven't looked at the money yet. I don't. They're not even showing us the money yet, just because I don't. I think you know the books are a little bit scared. Uh, people don't know what to expect with the Jags. I don't know. Eight and a half is a big spread. Um, after they, you know, how they played in the second half for sure. But I do think the Chiefs are are primed uh, to cover here to win. I'm gonna stay away from it because if I take the Chiefs to cover a spread any more than like two and a half or three and a half, they don't do it. I'm gonna go with the McKinnon TD. Uh, he's been amazing the past like seven weeks. It seemed like you know at that point nobody even would think about him, but he has just been electric. He has like nine TDs in the past seven weeks. So I'll take McKinnon. I, I think he gets into the end zone. Uh, probably just a little shovel pass, something like that. Uh, always looks harmless in the middle of the field, but when they do it towards the red zone or towards the end zone, it, it always winds up in seven points. So I'll take McKinnon. Uh, we'll move on to Giants Eagles. This game Saturday at 8, 16 PM uh, at the link. I don't know what the NFL was thinking, letting Philadelphia fans drink for eight hours, probably more than eight hours because they're going to start Friday night and not stop until the game is over. Um, but that's what they decided to do. Um, <clears throat> seven and a half point spread. Eagles are seven and a half point favorites. They're minus 350 on the money line. Over under set at 48 and a half. I'm going to go with the over. I think this game is high scoring. I can see there being 50 points. I don't think the Giants lay down. Uh, I'm not, I'm truly not sure if they cover the spread, the Giants, but I do think that they can score at least two TDs. And I think the Eagles are going to come out and, and just absolutely sling it. They're going to throw it. I don't know if the Giants are going to be able to stop Hurts either on the ground. So I'll take the over. I know it's very high, but the, all these overs are high and I can totally see this one just smacking. Yeah, I don't know. To me, this game feels like a game where the Giants either win outright yeah. or look terrible. Yeah. And it's hard to know which one. Um, obviously, lately, they, you know, they're well coached, so it might not be the whole look terrible thing. But I don't know. This is such an, I don't know, another square pick, though. That's not very fun. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm actually buying it down. I'm going Eagles minus six and a half. I do think they win by a touchdown. I am slightly concerned 
with Jalen Hurts' shoulder, um, with him saying it hurt after their game, Sirianni saying it clearly bothered the way they were playing. And it does make me nervous because I do think they wanted to sit him the whole year, but obviously they couldn't the last week after, you know, dropping those two prior games. So that does concern me. But, I mean, maybe they just run the ball well and put up points that way. But I think I'm going to go with the Eagles minus six and a half, even with the concern of Jalen Hurts' shoulder. Okay, cool. Gonna alt that one down. I think that makes sense. I I think it's wise to just buy that point. Um. Okay. Up next, Bengals Bills. Bengals four and a half point dogs against the Bills in Buffalo. Bengals plus one ninety on the money line. Over under set at forty eight and a half. Jeremy, what do you have for me here? Oh, I'm going Stefan to score. Um, Eli Apple is going to get exposed. He's going to get made fun of. He's going to be all over Twitter all week. He's going to have no idea what to do. He's not even going to be worrying about football. I think this is a game where Diggs goes off. I mean, I would, for, you know what, for the sake of the, the fun, I'm going, let's see if, if they have, um, there's probably no receiving lines out yet. Not yet, but I, I'm way ahead of you. That's what I'm going to take. Going Diggs to score and Diggs 100-plus parlay. Okay. Um that's going to have good odds. I mean, he's already plus money to score, and his line's not going to be 100. It's probably going to be like 79 and a half, you know, like 84 and a half, somewhere in there. So you're going to be getting plus money on both those lines. I'm, oh, I'm excited about that. I am doing the same thing, except I am adding Bills four and a half. If Diggs goes over 100, um, it's going to be just an absolute just air raid, complete nightmare for the Bengals not being able to stop him. He might eat up to 100 and then, you know, they, they double or triple him or whatever they're going to try and do with Eli Apple and two other people. And then everybody else will eat. So I think the Bills cover. I think Diggs does have a good game. I think he scores as well. I can totally see a 73-yard touchdown in this one. Like, wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. Um, so I'm going to do the same thing Jeremy did except add Bills 4.5. I'm sure the odds on that are going to be sensational as well. So that's a, at least a $10 sprinkling bank on the weekend. Um, <clears throat> and then we'll move on to our final divisional round matchup. We have Cowboys Niners. Cowboys currently a four-point dog uh, against the Niners at Levi Stadium. Plus 158 on the money line for the Cowboys. Over-under set at 46 and a half. I will take the Niners minus four. I think they do win this game. I I think Dak shows back up with with what he was doing at the end of the season. I just can't see the Cowboys doing what they did to the uh, the Bucks last night to the Niners. I think their defense is is amazing. Obviously, their offense is great too. I think Purdy is ready after what I saw last week. I know a lot of people don't, but I do. Um, so I'll take Niners minus four. I think they win this game. I think it, it could be a bloodbath, but, um, you know, just a lot of points. But I do think the Niners edge uh, edge the Cowboys out by at least four points. I'm running it back with my demon nuclear from last week. Give me McCaffrey touchdown Niners money line. Okay. Um, yes, this does essentially mean I am on all four favorites. If I had to pick... An upset or two this week, I think it would be Giants and then potentially the Bengals. Um, yeah. If I had to on upsets somewhere, 
Um, for those that, you know, don't like to just bet the favorites, which obviously doesn't work in the long run if you only bet favorites. But, um, I mean, this is the playoffs. The better team should win, in my mind. And this is kind of where the good teams separate themselves. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm in on all the favorites, but I I love Niners money line Christian to score. I mean, he's their guy, and I don't see why he can't do it again. Yeah, I totally agree. All right, guys, that's everything um, for the <clears throat> wild card round and the divisional round preview. I appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post20Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Jeremy, thank you for joining me, and guys, we'll talk to you next week. Good luck.